Hello, and my name is William Tharp, and thank you for joining me again for Home Quizzes, the podcast that's all about questions of real estate. Now, episode three starts now, and it's going to be, you know, for the question I received, um, should a house become divided? Today's question comes directly from my real life, and uh, it came of all places from a neighbor. Um, I own a rental property, and it happens to be near a business that wants to expand. Now, the request uh, came through my property manager and realtor, and the offer basically said, I want your land, but not your house. Now, because of this, the uh, the uh, offer didn't include really much value for the house because in their mind, they were just going to tear it down. So um, I thought it was considerably low. I didn't feel that the buyer really understood the value of the house. And so um, I, I honestly didn't think this was going to work at all. Now, the house on, is, is a property on a large lot, uh, it, but it's a very stable income producer and has been for 25 years. It's a little older house, um, and we just put several thousand dollars during summer into a brand new central air system. And uh, then because of Hurricane Laura, uh, Delta, and COVID-19, we just lost a, a renter, and we were uh, in the process of kind of mucking out, if you would, the, the damage from the hurricanes. And we were getting ready to paint and uh, clear out all of the, uh, the related issues um, you know, the, the stuff left by the tenant and items through there, just getting it ready. I think what had happened was, you know, they saw the amount of debris and everything, and perhaps the buyer thought that, you know, I, I was ready to give up. I'm not sure what the value or thought was. So for the most part, closed my mind to the matter, didn't worry about it, and just went on, you know, getting the house ready for rent. At this point, we think it's going to be ready for rent sometime, you know, a little after Thanksgiving, so we should be in good stead. Now, while I was going over that weekend, this, this happened uh, last week. So this past weekend, a few days from, from now, I, uh, uh, my wife had been after me for quite a bit of time to, to clean up the garage. So I was in the process of helping with that. She was wanting me to go through the old books. I'm, I'm a big collector of books. I love to read and I love knowledge and what have you. And she was saying, look, get rid of the stuff that you're not going to keep and uh, give it to Goodwill or we'll throw it away or whatever. So I was going through boxes of all that. And I came across my collection of Robert Kawasaki books. Now, those of you who know Robert uh, know he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But he also was involved with writing about five or six other books that I had, had, had read. And uh, they were all in this box. So I started to go through, you know, leafing through them, reading the indexes, kind of coming back to a lot of the stories that I knew from, from reading them the first time. And all of a sudden, I came to a chapter that was a huge aha and I have to share it with you now because it just it, it, it's really a great story, but it's one that really fit my life at this time, and maybe it'll fit yours as well. It's the story of the 100 acres. So let me kind of uh, briefly go over with it. Um, Kim and Robert had been wanting to buy some acreage of their own, something, you know, they were successful at this point. You know, their um, cash flow game was working. Robert's uh, lecture tour tournaments were going. His books were taking off. And he just, he wanted to kind of put into practice what he was preaching so he could talk about it at a lecture coming up in, you know, at the end of the year. So they began looking for a piece of property that they could own 100 acres of, you know, natural wilderness kind of land outright for, for little to no nothing no money down. This is one of those, if you remember the 80s, the, the, the buy property for no money down concepts. Well, he wanted to, to, to prove it could be done. So he sat about looking at, you know, uh, 
areas of, of uh, the southeast mountainous areas. Um, I can't remember if it was North or South Carolina, but in, in and of those wonderful, beautiful areas. And he'd found an area that had very good access to, it was outside of a, a really nice town, and had good roads up until the, the house, and it had a 120 acres with a house. Uh, three two house I believe on it and the, the beauty of the, the house was that it was um, on the end of the property and the way that it was set up was the property could be very easily subdivided and still give uh, Kim and Robert access for the hundred acres they wanted to the road and it, it would work out beautifully so he went ahead and bought the property um, and what he, he then decided he would do is immediately go you know of course find property he checked with planning and the planning said they were okay with dividing it so he bought the property and what he did was he divided the land at the 100 acres that he and Kim wanted and he left 20 acres around the house to make it still a nice homestead for the person who was going to buy it he and Kim immediately you know you know put on their work clothes and, and went in cleaned up the house painted it made it look really nice and uh, they put it on the market uh, the long and short of it is, uh, it, it took them a few months, but they had done what they had wanted to achieve. They were able to find somebody who was more than happy with the house. They paid them the money that Robert wanted. Robert was able to recoup the money that he paid for the land out of that. And the long and the short of it was the uh, home ended up being, you know, sold to uh, somebody who wanted it. He had the access and rights to his hundred acres. Everyone was happy and Long and short, the, the 100 acres was free. So after having this huge aha, I went back in my mind. I'm going, you know, I, I left money on the table. I wasn't thinking this through completely. I had took what seemed to the buyer to be a lose-win scenario and didn't get it explained to him correctly so that he understood that really what I had, had in mind was a win-win for both him and I. So I went back to the realtor you know, once the weekend was here and, and sat down, took some look at the aerials, used a little GIS that we've talked about in the last two episodes. And I looked at the way that the, uh, the buyer's property aligned in their little business and how the uh, parcels that I owned uh, lined up to it. And I took out, you know, my handy dandy, um, little, um, photo editor and, and made some, some, you know, drawings onto it. And, uh, showed how this would work for both parties. Um, eventually I plan on making the podcast's um, backgrounds into um, actually a blog. So at that point you'll see exactly what I did and, and it, it's not hard, but it's really cool. So the goal was a win-win. So I said, look, uh, the amount of the land in, in the property is less than, than, than what banks are going to be willing to mortgage you for. So you're either going to have to have that money out of pocket or what I'm willing to do with a good down payment. And I'm talking about, you know, something like 30 or 40% of the value of the land. I'm willing to go ahead and carry the paper in what they call a, um, uh, owner financing or a sell, you know, an owner, um, held mortgage for a period of three to five years. Now, if, if this works out and they decide the three years, obviously the interest and, and the cost, total will be cheaper than if they decide they want to extend five or more years and there's going to be a higher interest rate and there's going to be a, a higher purchase price so we won't get into that because i don't think it matters but but really there was two ways to do this and this is the way i presented it to him look 
Uh, I can go to the, the city's planning department, find out what their um, minimum lot size needs to do, and see if they would allow me to subdivide the property and sell you that property if you want. We can look at doing that, right? Or you can do a second, which is what I would suggest. Buy all my property. Pay me what I want for it. But only pay what you're willing to offer as the form of the down payment. So the, it, this would need to be worked out and not worry about the numbers. But the ideal logic behind it was, look, this is a rental. The rental will be able to pay off my mortgage in the three to five years without you having to put a dime in it. Unless there is some maintenance or perhaps, you know, they need to, between tenants, you, you may have to pay a month or so of rent. But we're, we're talking minimal amount of money uh, for, for what could happen here. So if you have the patience and, and understanding um, for just that three to five years, you'll get what you want, which is complete control of the property. You'll be able to pay me what I want and you'll secure a property that you can use for the next 15 years. So the uh, realtor took this information to them, I think, yesterday or so. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. But but I really think that would be the best scenario because in this particular case, the, um, the practice could easily um, control almost like four acres near downtown in this town. So... If you think about it, they could do quite a few things with that. If they wanted to move the practice somewhere else, they could go ahead and go to, to, to planning and consolidate the two parcels together and uh, go ahead and rezone it. Uh, but the reason I wanted to bring it up now is let, let's talk about the three things that, that could or would be, be done here for an investor in this particular scenario. One, subdivision. I think it's very important that anybody who's really interested in real estate get to know their planning officials and get to know their planning officials like five, six year plans and how they fit within them because it greatly will affect the value of your properties in the short and long term. Now, in this particular case, it would probably be a phone call to go look at how the property was zoned. Since this was originally a double lot uh, when originally sold, I don't see the city having any issue in resubdividing it. So that would be a conversation and, and you could look at that in any of them. The other would be uh, to understand and better educate this particular buyer to realize that the property manager that worked with me knows them and would be more than willing to manage the property for them. And, you know, you normally would pay a property manager about 10%. And for that, they collect the rents to handle any of the maintenance issues, oversee as like a project manager, any of the, the, the replacements like they're doing now for me. And it would be pretty much a turnkey deal for you. The, the great win would be, since you own the property, you could go ahead and put in for a permit, you know, on the building department, which is another step to go ahead and lay the asphalt or concrete, whichever you want to do for the existing parking lot that you want. And also for the permit to get a fence, you know, to, to, to divide the property. The property would still be by city size quite large, so it doesn't affect the value of the rental. And then the rental over the period of time would pay not only for the improvements to the property, i.e. the fence and the parking lot, but uh, if you go an extra year, it may even you know, be something that could collect up enough for a down payment for, let's say, down the road, you wanted to tear down the little wooden, it's not hard to do, you actually probably could carry it away, it's, it's on stilts, uh, carry the, the home away and you would just clear the property itself and, and build a complete new practice facility or a second for maybe a second or third doctor. So to me, it seemed like a win-win. 
we'll, we'll, we'll see if it works out. But these are just, these are the kind of um, the real life processes that now you've heard Robert's story and his success. I'm not sure how this will work. It'll either stay a rental for me for another 15 or 20 years, or, you know, perhaps this is the, the time it'll become, you know, something for somebody else. But in both scenarios through the podcast, we were able to talk about these items and, and kind of educate you on what you can do with real estate. I hope it was successful. Thank you for listening to it. Um, like, like I said, the, the key point was should a house become divided? In these two cases, I want to say in, in summation, it should, or at least be definitely looked at to make sure that, you know, all the, the possible uses of the land have been done. So this is William Tharp. Thank you so much for, for listening to me and giving me a little bit of your time today. And most of all, um, stay tuned for tomorrow's next uh, podcast on Home Pushes. Goodbye.